It's Coffee Club time! It's time now for the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club. Welcome to the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club with Bill and Jenny Sparks, Dave and Chris Reekard, Tim Oni, and the crew. Bill will be taking your phone calls and you will hear lots of conversation. We will have cooking tips demonstrations of products, and much, much more. And you may reach us by calling 1-646-558-8656. You will need the meeting ID 848-725-450. And when you're asked for a user ID, just press pound. You may download Zoom from the Play Store or the App Store. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Bill Sparks. Well, a very good morning to you, and it's so glad to be back. Last week, I had to listen uh, before I could check out the uh, hospital, but now I'm back in person, so like a bad penny, I keep coming back. You're going to hear more about my story uh, at the conclusion of our introductions and all of that good stuff. I've got a a story to tell and I hope it's going to be interesting, uh, maybe a little um, helpful to other people and I think it's it's going to work. Okay, Jennifer, where are you at? I'm in the living room this morning. Oh, are you? Mm-hmm. Did you hear me sneak in there and get those vitals done? Oh, yes. So you're vital for another day. Yeah. They've got this thing through television that, that works, that takes your vitals, your, I don't know what that thing is, your oxygen level and your blood pressure and your weight and all of that good stuff. So... And that Did all you gets, lose more weight? No, I didn't lose any more. I didn't gain any more. That's so good. that's that's about the same. So that's good though. 
but but that'll happen. Anything else going on? No, we've had company. I went to the beach yesterday. Oh yeah. Well, we went to this neat little restaurant called Crate and Cove, and you and it's if you if you eat outside, there's a dock, and you can see all the boats and people going in and out because people can pull up there. It's kind of like a marina, and there's a little gas station they can pull into and things. Did you swim in the ocean, Jennifer? Yeah. All right. You did swim in the ocean? Oh, I waded in it. I didn't have my swimming suit on, but the water was pretty warm. I was surprised already. Well, see, that's, that's good for you. All right, let's swing down to southwestern Indiana and Evansville, Indiana. Michael, what's going on with you? Oh, good morning, everyone. Uh, I don't know if there's anything too exciting here. I uh, took one of my first excursion outs really since the pandemic began and went to see family about 160 miles away, and I brought back a cold with me. So hopefully that's all. And uh, But other than that, just kind of waiting to see. Of course, last year they took hiatus on April Fool's Day, but uh, tomorrow that may be a different story. So we'll see what kind of pranks people come up with. Uh, other than that, kind of the same old usual stuff here, just going out and trying to get new clients and kind of finding a change in the types of services that people are wanting. But, uh, yeah, that's what's going on here. Very good, Michael. All right, Albany, New York. Nothing really ever happens here at Albany, New York. I always say that because I call it a little small, Benny, but uh, everything is good here. I really can't complain. Uh, I, I uh, will tell you that we're supposed to get some snow tomorrow. That's all I can tell you. Uh, but I don't think it's going to really amount to anything. And as our meteorologist on Channel 13 said, it really is going to be more west of Albany and north of Albany up in the Adirondacks. But if we get any snow, it might stick to the grass, but that's about it. It's too warm right now for it to, for it to stick. But uh, snow in April, well, we've had it before. And uh, when I first came to Albany back in 1980, we had snow on April 20. Uh, let's say I started work on the 24th of April. On the 25th of April, we had snow, and that doesn't happen very often. But it wasn't. It didn't amount to very much. But uh, people were still not happy with it. But that's all that's going on here, Bill. All right. Very good, Jeff. I'm sure we'll be hearing from you more, more, and more. Um, Dave and Chris. Well. We're good. We're supposed to get a little of that same snow. And Jenny talking about the restaurant and watching the boats come in out on the dock reminded me that when I was in Arkansas, one of the lakes in Hot Springs, uh, there were people boating out there all day. It's a really big deal in Hot Springs. And one of the pizza places, some guy owned a boat, and he started delivering pizzas to people they could call in and tell them describe their boat and tell them where they were going to be and he would get in his boat and run a pizza out to them i thought that was pretty cool oh no that's cool (laughs) Uh, next thing you'll have DoorDash on the water that's right well let me think about it well here especially maybe not in naples but in other places there's people that actually live on their Houseboats. Oh, there's people that live on their houseboats here, Jennifer. Uber on the water. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, live there right, you go. right there in the Gulf, right there on the bay. Well, Baltimore, they had water taxis, so why not ocean pizza delivery? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, there's right. so many bays and in coves and things you could do that. All right, let's swing over to Tim Oni. Good morning. 
Um, yeah, I was going to say we have some of that here with uh, in Lake Minnetonka, which is one of the huge lakes around here that they have a restaurant that serves to people on, on their boats. They bring it out to them and stuff like that. Anyway, it's kind of cool. Um, doing well or pretty good, actually. I uh, still have my sore leg, which we found out is caused by a blood clot, and so I'm on medication for that. More drugs. Anyway, <laughs> and uh, um, it wasn't wasn't my back that was causing it at all, so... I don't know if that's good to know or not. <laughs> that kind of reminds me of the time I was in Chicago and my foot hurt, and I couldn't walk on my foot. And I, I just, they put me in a cast in a boot and said my foot was fractured. I got home, I went to one of those emergency centers, and they found out it was gout. It wasn't a broken foot. But I had to pay almost... A thousand dollars or better for that cast that I never used. So wow. or that boot. So you just never yeah. know. You could sell expensive, it on eBay. Expensive shoe. Yeah. All right. I think we've got everybody in the crew, Jeff. I think so. I know we have some hands raised. So all right. So let's dive in. Let's start with Joe Sorensen. And can you unmute yourself, Joe, out in Albuquerque, New Mexico? Oh hi. Good morning. Here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, 34 degrees, clear skies up to 61 degrees. And Ellen and I are still waiting for the big $1,400. Oh, did Very you, good. Did you get your show? No. Uh, oh, well, I think some people have. Some people haven't. I had heard that a whole bunch of people were going to be getting them on April 7th. Oh. So I don't know. We don't know, but we can always hope. Yeah, that's what they say. Thank you very much, Joe. Who's next, Jeff? Next is Mickey Quenzer. Go ahead, Mickey. Can you unmute yourself, please? Yeah, that's true, Bennett. Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to say, uh, Bill, I know everybody's going to say it, but I, everybody is glad you're back. And I'm really happy that things went as you know so well in the hospital. Um, and so... Basically, I'm, we're just glad you're back. Thank you very much. And we're going to be talking about that in a few minutes. And I'm going to start from the beginning and go through my experience at the NCH Baker Hospital and what it's like as a blind person there and from my perspective and how at the end of the week, that we were able to change a few people's mind about blind people, and it worked out. Good job. That's so, good to hear. So hospital experiences are no fun. When you, I, my wife and I were in the hospital. She had cancer surgery, and we were in there for 31 days. And I could, uh, I could talk about that experience for hours. Oh, I'm you telling know. you. You know, yep. it's a place where they tell you, "All right, go to bed now." Well, you don't go to bed because two hours they come in <laughs> and they wake you up and they're taking more tests or they do like they did me and say, oh, Bill, we're going to put some Lasix right here in this IV we're putting in your arm. Well, you know, that's not going to guarantee sleep. Um, just a little bit. And then they things. say, well, you're not sleeping very much. Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. 
But yep. thank goodness I'm around to tell the story. And I think you're going to find it's going to be a very favorable story for if you have to go to a hospital. Great. Sounds good, Bill. All right. And thank you, Mickey. And thank you for the nice notes, too. All right. Next on our list is Alan Parma Heights, Ohio, I believe it is. Go ahead, Alan. Mute yourself. Good morning, everybody here on the panel and all the callers and listeners in the radio land. This is Al. It's 46 degrees currently with uh, light rain falling. And, Jeff, I'm with you. We're going to get about an inch of snow during the day tomorrow, another inch tomorrow night. And believe it or not, it's baseball season, and, and Detroit's going to get the same weather. It's supposed to open up against the Tigers tomorrow. So we'll see what happens with 30-degree weather. Well, Al, I, I know that's pretty cool. I'm not, I'm not really a big sports person, although I've learned a lot more about sports, uh, helping Bill out uh, with the sports lounge. So, uh, uh, but uh, and I heard you on there last night, last night as well. So what can that's I say? Good. And, Tim, welcome back again. Look forward to your show again today. We may do it one person at a time, but we're hanging in there. And, and, and Bill, glad to have you back. You sound better every day. Yeah, it, takes a, it was a little scratchy there at first, but... <laughs> It's getting better. Well, everybody take care. Then. All I'm right, hang Alan, up thank you. Device. It still gets scratchy when you get tired. Yeah. Yeah, can you unmute yourself, please? Go ahead, Gail. Hi. Uh, it feels so good to be home. I was in the hospital. I was I was in the hospital. They did um, what they call an infusion to put more platelets to get the platelets up. And you don't sleep when they do things like that. You know, you just kind of, you really don't sleep in the hospital. <laughs> so they're right about that. And the next morning when the doctor came in, he said, those platelets just zoomed right up. And I said, well, does that mean that, uh, he says, well, you can go home. And I said, well, I don't want to rush things and come home and have a, you know, head on collision with a hill, so to speak. <laughs> but I'm feeling great. Wendy is wonderful, my PCA. Wendy is absolutely wonderful. Things are working out here, and it is so good to be home. Well, we're glad to have you back, and when I resume my twin spins and those shows, I'm going to be glad you're there to request. Yeah, it feels so good to be back in the swing of things. And thank you, everybody, for your moral support. And Gail, you're needed. <laughs> and, I appreciate and, I appreciate, and also, I am so glad to hear that you're doing well, Bill. Keep up the good work. You know, that that means a lot to me, too. Very, very good. All right, Jeff, who's next? Okay, we have someone in 410 area code. Now, you probably know the number. It's uh, someone out in Maryland it's area. It's probably yeah. Charles, I'm thinking. Okay, well, first of all, um, for Jeff, so I don't forget, I did send you on the um, number two number for the, um, it's called Rewound Radio where you might be able to get more air checks from people from uh, about DJs and such. It's called rewound spelled. Like if you like, when you rewound your clock radio, have you ever heard of it? Oh, I'm very, I know the owner of the rewound rewound radio. He's from the uh, New York state area and he's a ham radio operator. I've talked to him many times. I know who he is. Oh, okay, cool. That might be another source uh, to go to unless you're already doing it. Of course, to get, from air checks and stuff. Now, uh, Bill, um, the, the procedure that I might have, and it's not <clears throat> it's, uh, completely in stone yet because I'm going on for another test in uh, the 16th of April. Um, it's called aeolic, 
Oryx stenosis. Kids, aoric stenosis. That's what it is. Aoric stenosis. That's what I have. It's like a part that's uh, stuck. Um, it's you know, diet has nothing to do with it. Right. I mean, I don't have any symptoms. I don't feel bad or anything like that. I'm tired a lot, but I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Or that's I have nine, I was. nine twenty-four. I don't know. Yeah, I was that same so, way, Charles, too. Um, oh, I was okay. that same way, and and you can forget about non twenty four seven in the hospital. They don't yeah, worry about that. Um, I didn't take any of my medications that I take for non twenty four seven while I was in the hospital. Couldn't sleep that good there anyway, but that really, really got it going. But um, yeah, I've had my share of hospitals, I and mean, I'm not feeling sorry for myself, but I am telling the truth. I remember in, and I'm not, you know, I'm just telling you. Um, in 85, I had my uh, kidney out, because I had kidney cancer, and I had cancer again where my lip nodes are, my left leg, and I got to wear a compression stocking. That was out in, I think it was 11 or 12, and I had uh, sinus surgery. So, yeah, I'm well acquainted with hospitals. I yeah. hate hospitals. But, I mean, yeah. I know why, you know, we need them, but I just don't like it very much. I don't want to get too acquainted with them. We're going to tell the story here in just a minute, Charles, from beginning to end. And you'll hear the story, and it'll be something similar to you, but they they do so well with this stuff now, Charles. You'll be in and out. And depending upon how they do it, if they do like they did me where they did open heart and they break those chests or whatever they do to them, I'm not sure exactly how they do it. But it takes them weeks to get all that soreness away. Or they can kind of go up through another part of your area and they can do all their, their parts. You know, they can do some fixing that way and just depending upon what your particular doctor chooses to do. Yeah, I understand that. The thing I hate most, the hospital, like, they had that breathing tube down your nose. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, you know, I was fortunate. They had knocked me out, and I didn't know I had it in because if I'd known I'd had it in, I might have been crazy. But I've had it put in when I was asleep, and I've had it put in when I was awake. Oh, and it's miserable either way. I don't know. I just don't like it. Well, no. Charles, are you? Well, hopefully things will go well with you. Can yeah, you well, thanks. I mean, I'm not trying to feel sorry for myself no, or nothing no. either. But. It's a facts of facts, Charles, and that's fine. And we yeah, appreciate well, thank you, you for listening. And thank you, and call back again, okay? All right. We have one more person, one more. And, and I'm going to see if you can tell who it is. It's a guy that I know, that I know from Chicago. For Illinois, who always calls in, and I think his name is, let's see, his name is Bill or Willie or William real or quick. Buddy. Go ahead. Yeah, real quick. Uh, it's 30, <laughs> 30, yeah, right. It's 34 degrees here, high of that today. Tonight we're supposed to get into teens. We're supposed to have drizzly rain. Probably get, they're supposed to have snow in northern Indiana. We make it to a high of 40 tomorrow. And then on Sunday we're supposed to be in the mid-70s. You know, and I've been having trouble with my alarm system at, in the house here. I've been working on that. And also, Tim, 
watch that blood clot. Make sure you keep those meds going because I don't want to put a doom on it. But that's what happened to my youngest daughter. She had one, didn't know it, and it moved. So you make sure you take your meds and do whatever they say to do with that thing. Yep. It's not. It's not up. And Bill, it's before you go, I was, I was kidding around with you, but there's a song by it's Cheryl like, Crow, and it says, "All I want to do is have fun." And he talks about a guy in a bar that she's met named Bill, a buddy, oh, or Billy, that. or Bill. And I love and I love that song because because all I want to do is have some fun. And they, while while they're all working during right, the day, she's right, sitting right. there drinking beer with the guys at the bar. So yeah, right. right. I heard that song, and also my uh, my wife, she always liked the song. Um, Marry me, Bill. I can hear the voice, but I can't think of her name. Right, Marilyn McCoo. That's, yeah. that's it. That's right. That's right. 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 She she always liked that song. Of course, you know we, the wife and I met. We we met real quick. We met in, in we met in 1949. We was nine years old, and we used to see each other at the eye clinic all the time. We both had the same eye disease, and she um, she told her mother when she was about. 12, 13 years old one day. Her mother told me this later. She said, I'm going to marry him one day. She did? <laughs> yeah, we did. Right? She did. Thank you yeah, very yeah, much. We do. Yeah, we could. And also, hospital experiences are, are not fun. I meant, you know. They're, no. You know, they're no well, fun. Right? But you but sound I, good today, Bill. You sound yeah. better than you did the other day when I heard you, right? Well, it just takes time. Well, you know, pretty soon you'll be jogging. Oh, yeah. So, hey, Jogging, you know, they'll have you jogging, you know. You can, <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll be another miler or something, you know. Uh, yeah, he's probably asking, when I have this operation, will I be able to play the violin? <laughs> no, but we're going to talk about some benefits in just a minute. All right, do we have anybody right, you, else, Bill. Jeff? Right. Thank you, Bill. We have one more person, and it's it's uh, out of uh, Minnesota. Beth Moline, can you unmute yourself, please? Good morning, everyone. You know, I was... I'm so glad that you're back, Bill, and you're sounding good. And and I was thinking last week when I told everyone that Gail was in the hospital, and all of a sudden, a few hours later, she calls me from home, and I'm like, wow, Miss Gail, you're home. I couldn't believe it because everything just seemed to go so smoothly. And, and now I'm just really glad that things are going smooth for everyone <laughs> the way it seems. I'm, I'm just real happy about it. So and that's good. We that's what we plan to do. That's the plan. Sometimes it works good, and sometimes it doesn't. Or we get setbacks, and you know I have good days, and then I have some bad evenings where I get a little sore and a little slow. But hey, that's just part of it. So you're okay, Beth. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm having, I don't know what it is over the last few days. I've been having emotional times here and doing my best to keep my emotions intact, but oh, it ain't easy. And I know that lately there have been people doing certain things here where I'm, I, I don't think I have all my laundry back. And last night when I was getting my laundry done here, they they didn't actually tell anyone that it was in the washer, the person that did it. And it, it took three hours and eventually they, someone put it in the dryer, but I had to call into the resident assistance to have that happen. I'm thinking this shouldn't be. 
So yeah. I know we've got a resident council here in this building, and I'm really glad because I think next week I'm going to have a, a woman to beast talk with these people during that resident council meeting. I'll try to be decent, but I can only do so much. Well, stand up for yourself. I will. And be I had positive, a be device. nice about it, but stand up for yourself. Right. I, I'll do that for sure. But I had a, I have a Lancet device, too. And the person that was helping me to get the blood on the test strip, she for some reason, I didn't realize she did this, but she took the top off my Lancet device and put it in the bag. And I didn't know that until after she left. And I'm thinking, lady, are you trying to pull some fast ones here? What's the deal? Well, fortunately, it probably all worked out now and you're back good. So... Just be careful, but I really will. (laughs) Thank you, Beth. We have one more, and that's Pam Francis. Go ahead, Pam. I know you're unmuted. Go ahead. Hey, good good morning, everybody. I am still stuck in the hospital. I'm hoping to get out of here today. I don't know anything about temperatures or anything about all that, but I can tell you that where I'm at, um, the team here is excellent. My medical team outside the hospital, as well as inside the hospital, is excellent. And I can also tell you that my daughter was able to find a place that's closer to her, even though it's outside Missouri, it's in Kansas. I'm only 15 minutes from her versus 45, which will allow her to help me with groceries, meal prep. Anything else like that, etc. I can cook for myself, but I don't like to. Just for me. She would rather see things done the way they need, really need to be done. If I gotta do it all for me, I, I'll throw it in the microwave. Also, I wanted to let Bill know, and the rest of you know, I will be back on the radio. But it will not be until I get moved and situated. Well, nobody's nobody's pushing the point, Pam, and we want what's best for you first. All right, we're all caught up, Bill. Okay, we're all caught up. Well, I'm going to take a few minutes and just take a stroll back here for just a few moments. And anytime the panel wants to jump in, um, feel free to. Um, I had went to my doctor back in January for a physical and I didn't think anything about it you know you just go through them and they always tell you you know maybe your cholesterol is too high or you know you need to get your iron up and whatever so I remember sitting there talking to the doctor and she said you know you need to get your iron up da 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 your, your other things are good and this is all going well, but I'm concerned about your heart. I said, what do you mean my heart? She said, well, you've got a heart murmur. Has anybody listened to this? And I said, no, not for many, 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 many years. So I think no more about it. She said, well, would you please go get an EKG on heart imaging done? So I went and did it and think no more about it. And I got this call from it was when we were doing one of our coffee clubs right after and said you immediately have to go to the cardiologist 
you cannot wait. You have severe, I don't even know what, maybe that's what Charles called a stenosis, and this is severe. So I, it kind of hit me by shock, but I didn't say much about it. And then here comes Jenny into... I was editing the coffee club and she came in and she was crying. And I said, what's wrong with you? And she goes, we've never had this happen before. And then I got sad. And then I stood there for a few minutes and said, we can beat this. So I didn't hear any more for another week to 10 days. And I heard from the surgeon's office and they said, we need to have you come in today. I said, whoa. So what's, what's this all about? So I got in there today, and I go, doctor, I don't know what all this fuss is about or what seems to be in such a hurry. He said, well, we need to sit down and talk. So we sit down, and, and Jenny's there with me, and he goes, you've got a heart murmur with stenosis and a bad valve in your heart. I said, whoa. And he goes, here's your choices here. Basically, it's telling me this way. Do nothing about this, and you have six months, and your quality of life will not be good. Get it repaired. You've got 25 to 30 years of a good heart valve. He said, we're going to do the open heart surgery where you can go in and get it repaired. I thought, hmm, eh, that won't be so bad. But then, so we left, and he said, we want to get this scheduled within a few weeks, but but I want to redo everything we've we've done. So I had to go back and get an EKG. I had to go get breathing test, three or four other tests, and then one that I just dreaded was called a heart catheterization. And that's where they go through your growing and put this needle and they can go up and look at your heart. And so they gave me the choice, either take the anesthetic or not, and I chose not to because she said it wouldn't hurt, and the shots had already hurt, so I figured, well, I want to get out of here. So I knew it must have been difficult because they wouldn't allow me to take an Uber home or anything. So anyway, I got that done, and the doctor said, good news. You still have to have your surgery, of course, but you have no blockage, no problems. There's no um, reason that we can't proceed in a normal way. So Jenny said, you really need to contact your kids. So I called them. And here's, here's starting with some good points that have happened. Number one, they both came. James and Rachel, I have twins, and they came down, and Rachel had to work from here because she works for a bank. James took a couple weeks off, so he was free to drive me to all the testing and everything I needed to do and made sure. So 
we go back to the surgeon after all the tests and he said oh by the way I don't know if I told you but your surgery is going to be on the 19th hmm, that's just in a few days yep yep that's what we're going to do so we asked some more questions and he said you're going to be fine Bill he said you may not know this and it doesn't mean anything to you now but we're in the top five heart hospitals in the country here. And that's what one of the nurses had told me. And he, you know, explained. So Rachel has to fly back home. So it's just James and I and Jenny here. And we're just kind of waiting because they're trying to rush this because what the nurse told me was, if something goes wrong, it's instant death. So they're trying to rush this through. So we're, we're starting to close down. Rachel is coming back. James goes and picks her up. She comes in on Thursday morning. Jenny's parents had come. And all of a sudden, I get a call from the doctor's office that says, Bill, um... We need to hydrate you. You need to go in the hospital a day early. Well, my mind wasn't set for that, but it had to be done. So James took me to the hospital, got me checked in, stayed there with me until I got a meal and I got settled in my room because I've never been in a hospital in my life. Never, ever, ever. But it, it was almost showtime. So we get to through the evening. They, they start those IVs and all that stuff. And I'm not sleeping too good because I can't have my, my usual meds or anything. And when you're in a hospital, they give you insulin instead of um, your regular diabetic pills because they said it has dye in it and it can conflict with what they're going to do. So anyway, I guess going in got me settled down a little bit. They come and get me about 5 o'clock and said it's time to go. So I get down to the operating room and they talk to me a little bit and lady talks and then she said, I'm going to introduce you to the anesthesiologist. And she came over. I believe she was a German lady. And she goes, well, have you all fixed up in just a few minutes? Well, I thought, well, maybe the doctor will be back or I'm going to have to wait here an hour or two. And then I don't remember anything else. The next thing I remember is... Oh, I'm slowly, slowly waking up. And Jennifer will come back and tell her side in just a moment. So I said, wow, I must have made it through or I'm dreaming. Something's going on here. And I started to move a little bit and I said, oh, yeah, because I'm really, 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 really sore. But I remember the nurse talking to me, and I'm telling her, you know, I would really like to have a cat. And I know she probably said psych ward for you. So anyway, the next thing I know, there is Jenny and James, 
and they're there and I talk to them a few minutes and say wow it's so good to see them but I think I'd like to go back to sleep so I did that for a little bit the first night I remember is probably being the worst because the pain got real bad and my heart started racing and the lady had to come and give me some type of injection or a drug to kind of get things slowed down. And we're in the oxygen the first night. But after that, after that first evening, it's just been all looking back. The people from the IC room were so informative, so good about telling me exactly what they're doing, what was going on, and they had me to a point because I, I didn't know they collapsed your lungs there in the hospital. It was to get my breathing back to to normal, and they were giving me oxygen. So I waited till Sunday. They moved me to the hospital room, and... You know, I was still hooked up to a lot of things, but I was in a different room. I was out of the ICU back in, and that's when I really got to meet the nurses. And they would come in, and I would talk to them, and they would start out by getting me to walk a little bit. You had to walk a little bit, and I did that, and... I was getting coherent to that time where I could talk to a few people on the phone. And um, you could never go to sleep there because they would always wake you up um, and give you more, more tests, more blood sugar, more this, more that. And then there came a, what do they call it, a breathing specialist. He goes, well... Um, you know, the next time we'll see you will be in the home. You're going to the rehab home. And I told him, oh, no, I'm not going to the rehab home. He goes, well, we'll see. So I did more walking the next day and felt a little stronger and a little stronger. And they kept having discussions. There was a therapist that came in and said the nurse is not allowed to walk you I'm in charge of your case so the therapist left here comes the nurse and said let's go walking I don't care what she says we're going to walk and get you out of here so we went walking again and came back and we mapped out a plan for me to go home so the nursing staff especially um, were very proactive about that they had a lot of questions about visually impaired people and I tried to answer them and we just kind of worked together and by the next to last day I knew I was not going to the home because I was able to walk around the quarter the three times and do what the doctor said and blowing in and getting those lungs up to speed and getting my appetite back a little bit if you can with hospital food so 
we got we got through that part. I met a lot of informative people in the hospital, and a lot of people have changed around. They said, well, you can stand up and you can walk as good as anybody. And I said, hey, I came in for heart surgery. doesn't mean I can't walk. So it, it all went pretty well. Then they said I could go the next day. And I went home. I thanked the staff, NCH, Baker Hospital, the Heart Institute, I'm going to tell you, is top notch. They informed me every step of the way of what they were doing, and that really made it easier for me. What to expect? So I got home, and the health, health agency came, and the nurse said, you're doing pretty good. I said, I feel pretty good. I was able to go to my chair, go to the bed. To ba I didn't need anybody's help to get any place. So I knew I could beat this. So Thursday night, me had not been quite up to par yet, but I came on the air with Jeff and All Things Radio. And Friday, the therapist came, gave me some tests. I passed them all. And I was able to skip through therapy. And now it's just a matter of a few nurses' visits, taking your pain meds when you need to, getting your exercise. And I've been able to do my shows over the weekend and keep right on um, going. So th that was pretty much my hospital journey. I've been told I've been fortunate more than most people and they just do a good job because I'm not really slowed down I can cook now I can do the things that I needed to do I still have lifting restrictions but to tell you some things that can now happen to you because of this I was the president of our Lions Club and I appointed a committee to appoint new officers um, or and they said do you want to run for president so I had some things I wanted to do and I said yes I get an email in the mail that I had been replaced and they had put me down on the ballot or some other thing and replaced me and I called and asked why and they said because we expected you to be down and you couldn't come back or you couldn't do anything so, you know, bad things, perceptions can happen to you. So, um, but other than that is the only real negative where people didn't think you could do anything. So, but we're not going to let that drag us down or that particular club or whatever the case may be. So the, the stories I'm going to tell you is I can't urge you enough. I've been going to a doctor in Indiana who, as a rule, doesn't listen to your chest or check your breathing or do anything like that. Just comes in. Uh, he might do a blood test, but that's all he does. doesn't not do anything like that. This 
I wouldn't say that this problem would have never happened because it would have eventually. But it could have been diagnosed at a much earlier point. So I urge you, urge you to be very proactive with your doctor. At least get those physicals once a year and come in the doctor's offices who do go above and beyond to do those things for you. And if that had been done, this might have not have gotten it to this particular point because I didn't really have any symptoms and I just thought I'm getting older. That's why I'm slowing down a little bit. But that energy is coming back and I'm feeling real, real good. Uh, one of the things he said, a positive that could happen is that my blood sugar could become much more under control. And we're starting to find that. It takes time because your heart hasn't been working correctly. Your blood flow, all of that stuff has not been working correctly. So, you know, that was it. The other positive I've, I've learned out of this was um, I needed to get my sleep meds refilled. I went to Walgreens or whatever. And they wanted $127 for these pills. So I called the office, and they sent it to the wrong office. But I finally went online, and we got it fixed. And they got it sent to Walmart. And with a little coupon, I was able to get my meds for $19. So by now switching over to Walmart, I can use my phone, read my bottles because one of the things that nobody ever read to me was one of my diabetic meds was saying never take this diabetic med unless your blood sugar is over 250. Nobody had ever read that to me. Well, now that's not going to be an excuse. So now we're just um, getting healed up continuing to get stronger by the day and um, going to go back to the surgeon so that everything checks off okay, the cardiologist, and then um, we can be back to normal. But I can't emphasize enough of how great the staff was here, informative. Now, a couple bad things happened. Somebody... I had my cane and my shoes because I brought those with me to the hospital and somehow my cane and my shoes got lost. So we had to go get emergency shoes at Walmart before I could even get home. I'm going to, maybe you guys can suggest, I'm having trouble finding a good place to get a 50-inch white cane. So we'll, we'll get to that problem. Now I've talked long enough. Are there any any questions, but I can't say enough again for Dr. Solomon, the surgeons, the NCH hospital, Baker Hospital, the heart unit, which is rated in the top 5%, and now I see why. Bill, I just want to comment that just listening to you do that presentation, I noticed, maybe this is subconscious, but I noticed 
like before you had the procedure, sometimes it was, I noticed it was hard for you to kind of keep your flow of thoughts and you just went through that without really any hesitation. So it sounds like I, I can get from that the perception that, you know, physically you're doing a lot better and you, you, you got that mental clarity. And so I'm very enthusiastic. Sounds like it was a really good thing and that you're really on top of it. And even though you still have healing to do, I can already tell just just by listening to you. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, yeah, and it, you know it's going to take time, but to get and like the lady told me at the hospital, the nurse did. You've changed a lot of our minds over the last seven, you know, days or the six days you've been here about perceptions of what blind people can do, cannot do, and. So you're right, Mike, that clarity that is is coming back. And, you know, like my blood sugar for the past four days, no matter almost what I've ate, and, but I've been careful, has been well, 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 well below. I've lost six to seven to eight more pounds. I think it's some of the water coming off and whatever the case may be. I don't advocate heart surgery for anybody, but if you need it, then by all means, don't hesitate if if it's something urgent or something you you need to do. Anything else from that, Mike? No, I just I'm just very impressed uh, just listening to you and articulating that and the the clarity of it it's just something that i noticed i really started thinking about that so that that's a good sign to me that you're getting back normally you'll be better than ever yeah so yeah and, and you'll be lifting weights by the time you get home to indianapolis but I, I guess the more important thing is a be proactive 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 because if you don't look out for your health concerns you cannot guarantee a doctor or the healthcare worker is going to do that anybody else <laughs> change your thoughts on going back to indianapolis <laughs> yes it does mike you you certainly rec- i was going to say the same thing that you just said and um you know i don't know what to say because uh, it reminded me you know, when i did my first interview with him like, I don't know, was it 2004 or something? And I remember him speaking faster, you know, and it just kind of reminded me of that. So that's awesome. I mean, that makes yeah. you wonder, right? If you're and I can tell you that he, his memory is a lot better because they were, I never said anything, but they were, he has a, normally has a great memory and he was starting to forget, have trouble remembering. Right, right or even misplacing things, I remember. Right, so oh, yeah. that's awesome. I mean, that's... I'm not having any idea what he did with it. You're right. I mean, because we were always looking for stuff. Well, I mean, I think it's still going to happen to all of us, but... All right, Jenner? Well, for... yeah, naturally, but not to the extent that it was happening to you before. All right. I mean, yeah. it was just, it was gradual. It's like a lot of things. It was gradual enough, and just like when you were getting tired and things like that, it was gradual enough that, you know... You don't know, it's like anybody else, you don't know what is part of overall getting older that we're all going to do and what is something more serious. Because, you know, normal people don't sit and think about every little thing that happens, like maybe it's a medical emergency. 
All right, let me ask you this, Jennifer. I told the story from my perspective. And I'm going to tell you one other thing before you answer that question. The one thing that this has done, especially between my son and I, we've developed a much closer and stronger relationship. And even my daughter, too. So that that is a very good positive. Now, from your perspective, Jennifer, you went through from day one. What was it like from your perspective? Well, I mean, you had definitely had good care. There's no doubt about that. It was pretty scary being, I mean, I knew that, that they had to do it, but I, you know, it's hard just watching, watching the things that are going to transpire and you know that it's out of your hands and it has to be, you know, you just, you sit and wait and hope and there's, but they were, it was, surgery was, it was a long day. I mean, because we knew that you were going to start at 7.30 and they told us, they told James and I, well, you know, we'll, we'll call you about every hour or so or two and let you know what's going on. Well, you know, we when it got to be close to 9.30 and we hadn't heard yet, we were starting to go, uh-oh. But, but it was a little after 9.30 when the nurse called us the first time and told us that, you know, they were, they had... They started surgery on time, and everything looked like what they had anticipated. And, and she said, we'll be calling you again in another couple hours. So she called me about 1130. And she said, you know, I didn't realize all of the, all of the details. I mean, I knew they weren't going to stop your heart. But I wasn't thinking about the fact they'd have to put you on the bypass machine. So they had you on a breathing machine and they had, you know, the bypass machine working in. When she called me at 1130, she said, well, he's still on the bypass machine, but they're finishing up and the surgeon will call you when they're done. So then it was about probably 130 by then. And he said, well, you know, he came out of surgery. Everything's fine. He's still on the breathing tube. We're going to take him into... I see you, and he'll be there for originally 24 hours. And the nurse will call you when you can come and see him, basically. So then that was another. We knew visiting hours were from noon to 6. So by about 4 o'clock, we were starting to get worried that we weren't going to be able to see you. And then probably close to 5 o'clock, they called us and said you were awake and talking about cats and so James and I left because we knew by the time traffic and everything that we wouldn't, if we waited too long, we wouldn't have any time at all to see you by the time we checked in and did all that stuff because you had to go. If you went to the hospital, you had to go to the desk and show your ID and they had to make you this badge that you clipped on so that you could have your picture so that you could go in to the hospital. And... And you were there, and you were talking, and it didn't sound anything like you because your voice was so scratchy. It was like this little old man. I was about to ask James if he was sure we'd gone to the right bed. But you were saying things that, that I knew only you would say. But that, it was an experience. 
So during this time, did you have any low emotional times or high or? Well, it was a definite high when we knew that you made it through and everything was going to be fine. I had lots of low points where I, over the over the times during all the testing and everything, there were there were times when I went off in another room and cried and had to deal with the the possibility that maybe you weren't going to come back and what my life was going to be like if you didn't. I mean, because the surgeons and everybody were very confident, but still. I mean, you know that any time they open you up and do something to your heart, that there's a possibility it won't want to beat again. Well, so. it was a race against time is what it was, because because of this complicated condition, it was sudden death. So, you know, and I think he just wanted to bring me in the hospital to keep an eye on me, you know, while they could mon- or do things right there so and I was really worried when you know originally that you were going to go early Friday morning and they were going to have surgery Friday morning and then they wanted you to come Thursday and I thought oh no so so you know I'm curious if the two of you have found kind of a new appreciation for each other not that you didn't have it before but just the the fact that right you know you knew there was the remote possibility you might not wake up from that surgery either of you knew that did it because i know after i had even a silent heart attack i just looked at everyone around me very differently and, and a lot of things before that i took for granted it was not the case anymore so i'm curious to the two of you kind of look at each other and your marriage and just life in general very very differently now. well i probably think so we appreciate each other more now um, not that we don't have our moments, but everybody has their moments. But um, I think so. Maybe Jennifer doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> well, oh, you know, I definitely have... think so. I mean, little things that you take for granted, you know, when you, if you are in a situation where this may not happen anymore, you're like, um, I'm not sure I really <laughs> that I'm really prepared for life without this or whatever. And you stop and think about, and it changes your priorities and maybe your, you know, maybe things that aggravated you, they still aggravate you, but you're glad that they're there to aggravate you. Yeah, you know, let, let go of a lot of little things and, and, before and, you just, yeah. And Mike, you know, we all, ca- I mean, I'm not sure about all, but I know I, I called Jennifer, I think, two or three times to, find out how she was doing because i think it was more important to call her as well and of course uh, dave and chris and i you know i know i called bill a few times in the hospital as well and i know that you had a lot of people con- contacting you bill over the time of your surgery and i think that was something that we we didn't know what else to do but that's what that's what i know that's what i did but i kept my promise i was only off one week so oh. you know was here to to do my so, show. Bill, did you did you have a radio in the hospital? And like, how long before you were on your iPhone or had a little radio going well, listening to sports or something? I was on that night, Mike. I figured so. Yeah, I was reading a book. <laughs> I was checking out ESPN. Yeah, so CAA, you got yeah. Oh, he yeah. called us that night. <laughs> yeah, I called them that, and so yeah, I I need to be informed, but. As for sleeping in the hospital, not so good. Care, great. Just outstanding. And I think they really did. I mean, especially in the ICU part, they really did. He had basically had his own little nurse. She had a little 
computer there and and a chair and she just was you know always busy and they were they were very nice you know they didn't they didn't give me any trouble bringing i wasn't sure with COVID how many people could even go in and see but they never gave me any trouble because when james went back home mom and i went to see him every day and they never said well only one of you can go no and james i said james you don't have to step dad you can't move me out of here <laughs> but I think the the other thing that's come out of this is, and I can kind of relate to what Beth was talking about earlier. Sometimes if I get to thinking about things and the nice things people did for me, I get very emotional. Um, I know the day that I went into the hospital a day early, then I kind of got a little emotional and scared. But once I got there and once I was lying waiting on surgery, then I had peace. I was fine. Do we have any questions before we go to Dave and no, Chris? No, we're all caught up so far, Bill. Boy, I have bored everybody, haven't I? I was going to comment on uh, you were talking about sleeping in the hospital. It's a lot better than it used to be. They used to wake you up to give you your sleeping medication, and I, I never understood that. Well, they never really well, gave because it. it's time. <laughs> it's yeah, in the schedule. We got a couple quick raised hands. While yeah, we got. To, I, I when we said no questions, I realized they would come out of the woodwork. Yeah, real quick. Yeah, it's not like you. Everything went okay, Bill. And you know, you talked about you didn't know they're going to collapse your lungs. People don't realize your heart's behind the lungs, so they have to collapse it to get to them. And also, as far as the lifting, that's going to be whenever your ribs heal. Uh, and of course, you have lifting restrictions, anyways. And the Big Ten didn't do very well for you, Bill. No, they didn't. No, no, the Big Ten didn't do good for him, right? Yeah, well, my my uh, Illinois team didn't do very good either. They were in the final, Illinois and Loyola. I wouldn't even talk about Syracuse University, but they went further than they thought they would, so I can't complain. Yeah. So, Jeff, but you know it's going to be Consaga, or what is, what is it, Consaga? They're still in there. They're going to win it. They've had 30 straight wins already. All right, Bill. They're going to win. Okay, catch you guys. (laughs) Okay, Bill. It sounds like things really did great for you, and I'm glad you were able to. We're glad that you were able to, uh, you know, do uh, clear up people's misconceptions about blind people and what they can do and what they can't do. And you know, it's really great that they were, you know, that receptive. And as far as the the Cubs game, since they're playing the Pirates, I heard this morning. Uh, they're thinking of moving the game to Friday. They have that window, you know, where if it's rained out or snowed out, uh, they can play the next day. Uh, they are seriously thinking of doing that. Well, that'll be good, you know, if, if they need to, especially. There's no point yep. in playing in such cold weather. You, you can't do anything. Okay. All right, Very Jerry. Good. Well, good to hear from you. I know we're just about time to come up on a reviewer, but thank everyone for listening to me. And Chris will give you a number. You can always give us feedback and talk to us directly because that's what we're here for. And I thank you. Um, Chris, you're going to talk about a demo you're going to do, right? Uh, yeah, Dave and I did a demo 
um, on an item locator. It's actually listed as a key finder on Amazon. Now, when we made the demo, the price was $19.99. However, now it's $23, but it's still a really good deal because you get one... Uh, transmitter and six receivers. Well, good morning, everyone. It's time now for another exciting demo. And this one really is exciting. This is a... We, we were looking for a device that we could put outside, uh, like in the wintertime, especially when you're outside and there's lots of snow on the ground. We needed something that we could use to be able to locate the house. Or and, ice, even. Uh, or, yeah, if there's a lot of ice out there. When you can't tell the difference between the driveway and the yard. And so we were looking for devices that we could put, like, for example, in our mailbox. And we have a bench that's about halfway up the driveway. And, of course, the house. It's real easy to get lost out there in wide open areas if you if everything's covered up by tons of snow or tons of hard ice. Right. So we had Chris do some searching on Amazon and found out about this RF uh, locator, and uh, which is better described as a key finder. And Chris, do you want to talk a little bit about the product? Sure. This is an RF item locator with one transmitter and six receivers. And um, it, it is on Amazon. It was $19.99, so it is a prime-eligible item. It's pretty pretty inexpensive, as some of our demos go. And the um, Q&A section for this item said it was very loud i think it was something like 80 some odd decibels so and we our problem has been that either we have no way to um attach anything i mean you know some things you just can't attach or it's just simply not loud enough for outside if you get very far away from it so we decided to give this item a try and it works really, really well. Okay. Uh, as far as... Do you have the dimensions offhand? Uh, the dimensions of the uh, receivers are one and a quarter inches long by uh, one and three quarters inches... I'm sorry, one and one quarter inches wide by one and three quarters inches long by a quarter inch thick. And the remote that comes with it is about oh i would say an inch and a quarter wide and about four inches long and about half an inch thick and it comes with a remote and a a uh, little remote holder okay so the first thing i want to do is to talk about when you take uh hang on to that for a minute when you take the unit out of the box there are when you open the box there are six receivers and she just gave you dimensions of the dimensions of the receivers and then you have the remote and you have some little key ring things you, you can put on to these receivers so you can hang them up or even put them on a set of keys or 
you know, whatever you want to do with them. Let your imagination be the limit. Right. And it also comes with a remote stand. Yeah, it's kind of a... It's kind of goofy, but... Goofy little stand that it comes with, and it's got a little stick-on thing for the remote. You can stick it on a refrigerator or stick it on something and what we did was we put a magnet on the back of it and we found these round magnets on amazon and we put a magnet on the back of it and we just stick it to something metal and that way we we don't remotes like that are so easy to lose because they're small right so anyway uh the first thing you do is now these tags um well let's talk about the remote first because the take the holder. Let me have this. Okay, I have the. Uh, I took it. Everything is out of the box, of course, because we've already we've been, been using, using this. <laughs> we couldn't wait to get it because it was really bad weather. And um, the the unit uh, the remote control uses uh, a twenty CR twenty thirty two battery. And um, so you need to install the battery into the unit. It comes with batteries, uh, one for each uh, of the receivers and batteries for the, um, the remote control. I got a little distracted there. Anyway, there are... Battery fell out of uh, it. <laughs> yeah, the battery fell. <laughs> I was messing with the back of the He was getting ready to remote. tell you about the where the battery goes and it right. fell out. On, on this remote, um, if you hold it so that all of the buttons are facing away from you and there's a space underneath the buttons, and I have that towards me with the buttons uh, Put the, if you, far away from me. Okay, I'm, and what I'm going to do is turn the unit upside down, and if I look at this unit, uh, bring my fingers towards me, I'm going to come to a battery door, and it's got one of those little indentions, and with this little, a couple of little lines on this, and you slide that door off, and you put your battery in there, and there's, as I said, there's batteries for the receivers, and there's batteries for for the remote, and they all take the same battery, the CR2032 batteries. Which is nice. So anyway, you you take, you slide this door off, and you want to put the new bag, you get one of the batteries out of the bag, and you turn it. It's, it's just a little, it looks like a coin. And on one side of the battery, it's completely flat. That's, that's going to, if you have the unit upside down, and you have the door off, you put the battery in the little round circle that, that's uh, designed for the battery to just sit down inside of. You want to put the... The flat side is going to be up, and the skinnier uh, side of the battery, which is not much skinnier, but you can tell. has a little bit tell. of a rounded edge on it. Yeah, it's kind of a rounded edge. And you'll put that face, they'll put that edge facing down so that the flat side of the battery is facing up. And then you'll slide the door back onto your, uh, onto your remote. And that puts the uh, the battery, which I have one already have mine in there. <laughs> when I was messing with it, I, I had it fell out and I had to put it back in. So, but anyway, <clears throat> <clears throat> when you look at the remote, there are 
six buttons on the remote. Each one of these buttons, now they're in a in a row, uh, two rows. For those of you who know Braille, they're in the they're in the configuration of a Braille cell. Yeah, which kind is of. Kind of cool. Well, it is. It's three on the left, three on the right. Right. So anyway, so the 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 left the left one would be like number one, and and as you go down two and three, and then over to the right four, five, and six. Now the top left one is red. The middle left one is blue, and this is important. You, you really need to know this if you get one of these. The top left is red, the middle is blue, the bottom is yellow, the top right is green, the middle is purple, and the bottom right is orange. Okay, that's all the buttons on the remote. The batteries are in the, the battery is installed onto the remote. Now, the next thing we want to do is we want to get one of the tiles, uh, not tiles, one of the key finders out of its little bag. They're in, they're in little plastic bags, and you take it out. And they're colored just like the buttons on the remote. Now, there, there is another bag in there, and it has a little round plastic tool it looks like a round circle with a little ridge on one corner of it that sticks out. That little tool is what you're going to use to open up the key finder to put the battery in it. So I'm holding it right now so that uh, this is the key finder I have in my hand. I'm holding it now so uh, if I look at if, if if I would be laying it flat on the table, and I have it in my hand, but it, it's flat, and I can tell which side I'm going to look for here, and um, on the I I have it so that there is a little round hole about a half an inch down from I'm holding it so that the this hole that I'm looking for is away from me, but it's about a half of an inch from the end of the key finder on the back of it. Well, that's actually the front of it. Okay, and if I bring my hands clear down and then come over to the very corner in the right, on the right-hand corner, there's a hole there, and there are these little key rings in the bag that you can put in there, and then you can, like we said, you can attach it to a key ring or you can hang it on something, you know, whatever you want to do. And that's all that's on the front. Now, that the little round hole that I was talking about is actually where the speaker is. And it's a tiny hole. It's, it's, it's a tiny round hole. Like the, the, you can feel it, though. Like I mean, the, it, you can feel it. It's about like what a stylus might fit in. Yeah. About that size. Okay. Now, I'm just going to flip the unit upside down. And I'm going to come... I have still have it facing that round hole facing me, uh, away from me, but the unit is upside down, so it's now that round hole, or the front of the unit is facing down. I'm gonna bring my hands clear down to the far right-hand end. Well, I'm coming clear down to the end, and on the end of the unit, on if you take your fingers over to the right, you'll find a little slot right there. And that's where you use that little plastic tool. And what you do 
is where that little ridge is on that plastic tool, you're going to put it in that slot that's right there. It's clear over. Uh, it's on the end of the unit, but over to, to the right, the way, I'm, the way I'm holding it. And then you take that plastic tool and you take that little ridge on that tool, stick it in that hole, and twist it. When you twist it, the unit comes apart. <laughs> and um, which is something you want to keep in mind because if you have a battery in it and you want to change the battery, you want to make sure when it comes apart, you look and see how that battery was in there. Uh, but I can sort of answer that question for you when we get there. Uh, so anyway, you twist that and the unit will split apart. It's a little tough or stiff, so don't be afraid of it because you're not going to break it. So you're just going to twist it until you feel the, the uh, upside down part of the unit, or that would be the front of it, separate from the back. And you, and you lift the, the back of the unit away from the front of the unit, and there's a round circle in there just like there was in the remote, and you're going to put the uh, rounded edge part of the coin-shaped battery down into the, into the, uh, into the unit, just like you did on just the like remote. you did on the remote and once you have that in there then you're going to snap that whole thing back together you just squeeze it and it'll click and you'll know that it's and it'll it'll beep for a second so you know that it's uh it's working so that <clears throat> pretty much takes care of that we've got a battery installed uh in this unit and so, um, now, <clears throat> we have the batteries installed, battery installed in the remote, and we have it installed into the key finder itself. We have it snapped back together. And now we have to figure out, because as Chris said, each one of these buttons is color-coded. So they, they, that each button corresponds uh, to the tag, and I happen to know that this one you may need a, a sighted person well, to we, tell you. We or, called Ira. Is what we did. Yeah, you may be able to use a color identifier, but I I wouldn't don't know how be, accurate that's going to be. I wouldn't trust it because on the on the little receivers, it's very it's a little hard to find the color. Uh, so we called Ira, and I had my tags made i looked I, I could tell in the manual what the, the little paper what the colors were i just didn't know which was which so i made up my colors in braille and i used the two letter abbreviations that they use for the clothing color tags so that's what that's how we labeled we didn't label the buttons there's not really room i just wrote that stuff down but we did label each of the receivers because there is room to do that so the um the tag that I have in my hand right now is the one that I put the battery in. And um, so this one is going to correspond with the top right button on this remote. And that's going to be green. The tag is green. And the button is green. So we put, and the, and the, yeah, the, ta the, the tag is green and the button is, is green on the remote. So, now that we've got the batteries in both of them... 
One thing we should say, they're bubble buttons. They're not true. Uh, yeah, they're they're big buttons. They're big. You can feel them, but they are bubble buttons. Even if you got cold fingers, you can feel these because they're they're like a bubble. They they stick up there pretty well. So if I want to test this now, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Um, it's gonna press be pretty loud. The top right button on the remote, and I'm gonna hold the tag over close to the recorder. If I need to do it again, I'll just press the button again. So you can see uh, how easy this, you know, how easy it, it, it's not complicated, anything like that. It just works. So um, that's a general idea how this thing works. Okay, we are outside right now and we have one of these hanging up on the uh, you might want to come out the driveway outside and so I'm gonna walk away from it as though come around here and, and hopefully the uh, recorder will pick this up I'm sure it will. so I'm out in the driveway and away from the house now, I'm going to press the button and we'll see if we can hear this thing out here. The wind's blowing. As long as, as well as trucks on the highway. So come down past the house and let them hear the bench because I think they can. Okay, now we're going to go down. That was the one on the house. And I don't know how this wind is going to handle with this recorder, but... And let's see. I'm headed down the driveway. And... Chris can hear these a little better than me, but... Do it again. I'll push the, push the bench, the button for our bench. Push it again. I'm walking backwards away from the bench. So you can see that the sound kind of carries, carries pretty well. So it gives you an idea. Uh, we're getting a range of about, I would say, what Chris, 150 feet? tag clear up at the deck if I really listen. Yeah, her ears are a little bit better than what mine are. So I'm walking back up to the house. And the mailbox one is inside the mailbox. Yeah, we put one of these inside the mailbox. So if we're looking for the mail in the winter for the mailbox, you know, we can... Now, if I was lost... That's the house. And that's the house, the key finder that's on the house, which is pretty clever. We, <laughs> it's hard to find something that's got enough volume, you know, for the... And the nice thing is it all operates off the same remote. Right. And you can feel the buttons, even if your hands are cold. 
even if you have on really thin gloves, you probably couldn't do it with thick gloves. But you know, for a, a device that is really low priced, the thing works really well. You can get about a year or so out of the batteries, uh, depending on how much you use it, I guess. I mean, if you press it and mess with it all the time, it might be a little bit less. But we only need about <coughs> three months' worth. Yeah. We'll change them next. We'll probably take them out this summer and put them back, put new ones in next winter. Yeah. So, anyway, that's pretty much how this unit works. It, uh, it really surprised us because... Uh, we needed something that's got a little bit of volume to it. So, Chris, you want to give the information about this product? This is on Amazon.com, and the brand, I didn't say this before, but the brand is S-Key, E as in Echo, S as in Sierra, K-Y, S-Key, E-S-K-Y. But this is an RF item locator with one transmitter and six receivers. It it kind of goes by the name of a key finder it's nineteen dollars and what did i say nineteen ninety did i say five or nine i'm looking nineteen ninety nine and it is a prime shipping item if you have uh amazon prime you can get it shipped for free and that's really about all there is it may be available other places i don't know but amazon's nice and convenient and we have prime so that is where we ordered it from and you get it really fast yeah we got it really <laughs> fast which is good because we had been looking and we've tried out several things and they've all worked it's just that they're not quite loud enough right well, these will definitely do the job so that's a general idea how the unit works if you have any questions, you can always email Bill Sparks at Bill at BillSparks.org. That's Bill at BillSparks.org. And he will try to answer the questions you have. And if he doesn't have the answers, he'll get a hold of us and we'll make sure you get the answers you need. Or you may reach us during this broadcast while it's on the air with questions or comments regarding the Esky Key Finder by calling 646-558-8656. That's 646-558-8656. When you're asked for a meeting ID, enter 848-725-450. That's 848-725-450. Press pound again as instructed. When you're asked for a user ID, press pound one more time and you'll be in the room with us where you may ask your question or make your comment regarding the key finder that we found on Amazon. Well, that's all the time we have for this demo. Stay tuned next week for another, another exciting, exciting demo. demo. I think I'll go look for my key finder. Maybe you need a key finder to find your key finder. There are so many uses for that. You don't have to use it just to find keys or, or your house or whatever. You can put these things on anything to locate them. You could put it on a dog collar and see if you could find the dog if the dog ran yeah. trying to run away. You could. The only thing you'd have to be aware of is they're not weatherproof unless you do something to them to make them weatherproof. Oh, that's true. And how much distance do they have? I think I read 150 feet. 
We're oh. actually getting close getting, to 100 feet. Uh, yeah, but. we're getting more than 150, but that's what they claim. Could use them for kids, too. You could? Yeah, sure could. You could use them for lost phones. Or luggage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, imagine you if you were at the it. airport and that thing went off in the baggage in the baggage carrier when you get your try to find your bag and did 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 and they might think it was a bomb or something. You know they don't. They know. keep oh, saying they, they know that you use uh, the people use those. You can you can you can put it on your suitcase or whatever. I know and you, you can, said it, but how thick are they? They're about uh, what I say about a quarter inch thick. I think. Uh, okay. Yeah, if that. So they would be okay on a, like if you stuck them to your phone or whatever. Hey, Chris, do you have a recipe for me? Because I'm getting hungry. I do. Um, do you want to take the hand first or you want the recipe? Well, no, uh, we, well we, we could take the hand first, I think. Because it might be about the item. I don't know. Yeah, go. Bill, 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 once more. One more time, Bill. Yeah, go ahead. Yep, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, yeah, the key finder, that's a great thing. I bought some from Speak to Me. They called them luggage finders back then, probably 20 years ago. We used to use them. We traveled. They were great. It's you can't back, get you know, those anymore, though. Yeah, I know they don't sell those I anymore. Tried. But but you um, but you could hang them on your luggage. You know, when your luggage come off the, the train, if you weren't sure where it was, or the plane, or it was, wherever you at, you just push the button. And I actually look luggage. for those because I know those to be quite loud. I've had those, too, but we Right, right. I them. still got mine. Mine still work. In fact, uh, when... They were doing some construction around here on the street and stuff. I hooked one on the front door, and when I'd come home at night to make sure where the house was, I could push the thing and find the house. So I'm mean, the they served in that way too, right? Because they were yes. they were redoing the sidewalks, and I had to walk all the way around the construction stuff and that, and that to get back to where the house was. And the we went to Amazon looking for this, and I have found. That their descriptions maybe aren't all that great, but if you read the Q and A, sometimes you can find out stuff, or you can even ask a question. Right, right, right. And I answer okay. lots of questions on things I review. I get lots of emails. Can you answer the following question? And I, if I can, I try to answer because I ask questions all the time. Recipe now, Chris. This is for an easy brisket, beginner's brisket. It's called. So Jeff, you might can make this. Oh, thank you. Three to four pound chuck roast or brisket. One large white onion chopped. One cup of ketchup. One envelope dry onion soup mix. One half cup of water. You preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Line a roasting pan with foil and coat your foil with cooking spray. Place the beef in the pan on the foil. Mix all the other ingredients together in a bowl and pour over the roast and cover your dish, whether you have a lid or whether you cover it with more foil, and bake two and a half to three hours. That sounds good, actually. Could you use a casserole dish, a large casserole dish for that, uh, Chris? Uh, You could, yeah. They suggest a roasting pan because roasting pans are usually kind of shallow. But you could use whatever it would fit in. Have you tried it yet? That one I have not made. Now, I've made some things like that, but not that exact recipe. But it would work. And when I was going out with a girl in Syracuse, she she would do the same thing. But she didn't use um, that same recipe. She had a pork roast, and she would uh, put it in a roasting pan with sauerkraut all around it and bake it in the oven. And, boy, that was pretty good. And it's the same kind of thing, essentially. It's not... 
We used to make sauerkraut in the oven all the time, pork and sauerkraut for Dave, until we got the Instant Pot and discovered you can make it in there a lot faster and it's just as good. Right. I understand. But, But, uh, wow. That's pretty good. Hey, Tim, do we have any voicemails? My chance. Not that I see here. No, I didn't see any either, Jeff, so... Okay, I just wanted to remind you, just in case that there were, and that we didn't want to forget them. No, so sometimes we have people call who don't want to go through Zoom. They call 800-693-0595, and then they press option one, and they speak their comment, and then we play it off the recorded line. That's 800-693-0595, press option one. Anybody else on the panel have anything? Um issues or anything that's come up or no but my daughter asked me my oldest daughter asked me about a service that she loves that she wants to know if i can use it and i haven't decided to use it and it's a another streaming service called discovery plus and if you I've happen heard. to like all the programs on the discovery network and i do watch some of their programs it's on demand streaming service and uh so I may check it out. I, I looked at it on uh, the Fire TV. And I can get the first month for free, and if I don't like it, I can get rid of it. Maybe I can ask Dave if he's ever tried the any of the tape measure apps for the iPhone. Try that again, Tim. Have you ever tried any of the tape measure apps for the iPhone? No, not for that. Well, I did actually... There is one on the iPhone, and I didn't have a whole lot of luck with it. Ah, okay. We've used the leveler. Yeah. Yeah, the level works great. And it so does. It, uh, that thing so is really compass. sensitive. The compass works quite well, too. Yeah, it does. But I, I just, I don't know. I couldn't seem to get the other thing to work the way I wanted it. But then I didn't play with it too long. Yeah, because we're putting in some, uh, well, putting in a backsplash along the back of our sink, and I was supposed to measure the counter. And what I ended up doing is I couldn't find my Braille tape measure, so... So you use that one on the iPhone? Well, no, I I tried using the one on the iPhone. I couldn't get that to work, but there are other apps available, and I've never gone out and gotten them to see if they work, but... um, I try. I ended up finding a regular print tape measure and reading it using Seeing AI's um, feet, you know, uh, quick text. Yeah, the short feature. text. And well, Chris was mentioning something yesterday. Chris, you came on to a surprise when you could no longer use a certain money reader. Yeah, we went to you. Well, I went to use Money Reader just to. And it I always double good. check. I, I got because it was, you know, just to find out how much tile we needed to mop. Yeah. Right. But so Chris could not use Money Reader anymore. No, they took it away. And not only did they take it away, they took it off the phone. Completely off the phone. It was gone from my phone. It was gone from Dave's phone. And when I did a search for it in the app store, it was no longer there. They have a thing now that comes up called Cash Reader. And it's got a, I think it's a seven-day trial. I don't remember the exact number of days. But anyway, it's a free trial, and then you have to pay for it. And when you do the free part, it's only good for 
One dollars, one dollar bill, and five dollar bills. It doesn't go any higher than that. So is this the Wachtel? Is this the Wachtel money reader, Chris? The, the one? No, no. This is cash reader. It's no, no, no. The, the one that you lost is that the Wachtel no. money? Oh. Well, it's the money reader app. I don't know if it was Looktel or not. It may have been. I don't know about that. I don't remember the development. Yeah, Looktel. That was Looktel. You're right. I'll have to check my phone to see if my phone. Yeah, see if it's there because it was gone off of ours. Okay, well. I'll check so in a second. Here. I said, forget that. I went to seeing AI and used the currency think reader on that. And it worked fine. But I liked Money Reader because you just open it up and. It went firing. Well, it yeah, says Money Reader is running on my phone here, so. Oh, well, he still got it. Huh. That's really strange. You and Dave are being singled out. I guess we are. Do you uh-huh. have it, Bill? I don't have my iPhone in here with me, but I would go check and I'll tell you. To see we have two t- hands raised, so. Okay. Let me go to you, Dick, at Milwaukee, and then we'll go to JR. Uh, I believe it's Dick, I think. But go ahead, 414 area code. Unmute yourself. Star 6. Hi. Oh, Nancy, uh, I'm sorry. Me? I'm sorry, uh, Nancy. Okay. You don't um, look like, you don't look like couple- Dick. Thank you. <laughs> a couple comments, um, boy, Chris I, or, and Dave, I wished I would have, uh, both Dale and I wished we would have known or that sensor would have been evolved when we both still had our houses. Um, he had a long ways to get to his mailbox, and I had to, he had to cross the street, and I had to go into the street to get to my mailbox. And yeah, I'm telling you, in wintertime, it was tough. So, um, sure is. And then... Yeah, it's not fun. Um, and, um, you know, trying to find the house and stuff like that when it's you've got, you know, a couple of feet of snow on the ground, it's not so much fun. But anyway, and then and then just a comment, Bill, it's wonderful to have you back on again and doing what you do so well. Um, it's it's absolutely great. But, you know, oh, what, what more can I say? Um, Thank you. But anyway... Thanks. I'll let you go for now, but um, there are so many um, presentations that are done on Coffee Club that I just love, and I'm still debating about Breadmaker, because I still, right now I'm having a lot of computer issues, so I can't um, use it very well, and when I can, though, I want to see if I can't download some actual recipes that that would be easy to use. So, but please take care, everybody, and thank you. Bye. Thanks, Nance. Jr., can you unmute yourself, please? And then Joe Sorensen, you'll be next. Go ahead, Jr. Okay, I have a question for Chris, and uh, it's kind of cooking a question. Um, basically. When you're pulling out a piece of aluminum foil, um, obviously there's one shine that's that's shiny, the other side that's, I guess, not shiny. Does it really make a difference? Not a lot. Um, I always put the part that comes out on top that unrolls from the roll, the inside, I always put that toward the food, but I can't. I've not seen that it's make makes that much difference. They people say it does. I I haven't really noticed that much. I wonder if there's really any studies on that or or, or whatever. I don't know. 
or what other people's opinions are because it's it's one of the things that I've been you know because it, it's like I noticed when I pull off the sheath of aluminum foil you got to actually flip it over. I don't know if that makes sense nope. or not. And Bill, I'm certainly glad that your breathing sounds a lot better, and um, you just—I mean—sounds a lot healthier. So, yep, I think I'm it would. You, yeah, I can get back going again. There you go. Hey, Jr. Thank you, and I have trouble with it pulling that foil too. Well, it's not—it's not so much pulling the foil. It's, it's you know which way should it go? I mean, should it be? You know, should you have to flip it over? Should you have to? I would think. Really matter? I don't flip it over. I just pull it out, and like I said, the part that is gonna would have rolled toward the inside of the roll is the part I put next to the food. What I have trouble is I have trouble cutting it off and getting it so it doesn't tear when I cut it off. I I don't know how to get it to cut properly like my mom. Well, they have. There's there's some devices out there. Uh, QVC has them, I think. Um, the original one was called a Wrap Master. I don't know what these new ones are called. But they look about the same, and you put the roll of aluminum foil inside this thing, and you shut the lid. Hard. Hard, and it cuts it. You get a perfect cut. I don't have the problem with aluminum foil, but where that works well for me is saran wrap. Oh, that, well, that clings to everything. Saran, right, the saran wrap now has, or some of them have, Actually, cutters on them. It has a cutter on it, but by the time you pull and tear it off, your saran wrap is wanting to stick to itself. No, 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 no. There's actually a slider on them, where you can actually take a, you know, take it and slide it. I hate trying to tear saran wrap, and it never tears straight across like you think it's going to either. No. And then it sticks. Well, they have a little trick with these these devices that I was just talking about because. You pull it out, and as you pull it out, you f- you put it over top of whatever you it, it, you can leave it on the roll and put it on the the you know, like if it's a bowl or whatever you can cover the bowl, and then just shut the lid on the uh, on the machine and, and, and shut covered. it hard, and it'll just cut it right off. Wow, now, does that work for saran wrap too? Or yes, it especially works well for saran wrap. Good well, idea. Like I always, well, I always say the necessity is the mother of invention, and you guys seem to come up with everything, Dave. For sure. We have two more hands raised. Joe, we come on with your. You have a question? Go ahead, Joe. Okay. Um, he's doing it. He's doing it for me. Um, only because I don't want. I'm avoiding the feedback on my computer. So, anyway, Bill, I got one thing for you. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. I had to do it. And then, um, you know, and so it, I'm wondering, Chris, does, does anybody else sell that besides Amazon? Because I'm really not an Amazon shopper. I really don't know. Oh, okay. I was just curious on that. But um, anyway, I just thought I'd chime in here. Oh, I got a quick... Uh, hospital story for you a few years ago i had some issues and I had some surgeries and um, the hospital that we have here unm hospital actually does a really good job of 
dealing with people with uh, challenges like we, you know, visually impaired or whatever. Because I remember when I had to, I spent a few days there in the hospital, and I had to fill out the menu for the day. Well, I just the, the person that brought me the menu, I said, could you just help me fill it out because I can't see what I'm doing, and. They were like, yeah, sure, you know, it was, so, it was so easy. Now, folks, I will tell you, do if you can avoid it, do not uh, end up with pureed sausage. That is not fit for human consumption. <laughs> if you can eat it, I mean, if you can eat the regular, the regular sausage, get it. I took, I looked at that, and I'm going. Please take this back. I can eat the regular because I have a, a upper denture, and I didn't have it with me. So they thought, well, you know, maybe I, I couldn't eat that. Well, yes, I can. You know, so it's like, but no. Bill hated the scrambled eggs. <laughs> oh, this looks like dog food, Jennifer. <laughs> dog food. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I'm like, no way am I going to eat that. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have done this, but you know, when my wife was pregnant with uh, and she had the baby and we were in the hospital, she hated the hospital food. And I remember my friend Bill and I uh, brought we, we we ordered from Domino's and we brought pizza over for her to eat and stuff like that because she couldn't stand hospital food. And I don't blame her. We tried it; it was terrible. So, so. What my I thing is, once it got, got the food, I've, it got cold and it's like, ooh, forget it. I felt so sorry for Bill because the first day, all they gave him was like ice chips and and water and things like that, and and he was starting to get hungry because he asked the the nurse that that first night if he was going to get anything to eat, and she said, "Well, that's up to the to the night shift lady," and and he, they didn't give him anything that first night, and I talked to him the next day, and he said, "All I've had was a banana for two days." <laughs> Well, bananas are actually healthy for you, so then in a way that wasn't all that bad. At least he got a little bit of nutrition out of it. No, but he he just sounded so pitiful when he said it. He said all they've given me is a banana in two days. I get that. It's oh yeah, that's really sweet. typical stuff. Oh, ice chips, oh the biggest snack in town, so scrumptious and delicious. <laughs> no. I don't think bananas taste as good as they used to. Some of them, they... It depends on how long... You know, it depends on, on, you know, on how long they've been, you know... Well, somebody usually gives them to me after they're soft, soft, soft. Ew. Yeah, it's, but they're better off if, you're a little, if there's still some green in there. Yeah, I don't like them too soft either. Thank you, Ellen. We have uh, now. I think it's uh, Dick and, or someone in Milwaukee. I think one for one. Go ahead. I asked you to go ahead, unmute yourself. Well, the second time was a chime. I, I you know, you guys have. Different, I always forget because you guys, you and Nancy are in the same area code. Go ahead. Dick. <clears throat> and we live kind of far apart. She lives in Milwaukee. We're in Oak Creek. You know, I tell you, it's really good to hear Bill. I was just amazed when I talked to him Sunday at the hospital. He really sounded good. And I thought, well, he's not going to do a show on Thursday, is he? And by God, he did. <laughs> I was surprised. <laughs> I tell you. Oh, but, he he did. He sounded pretty good, even like Sunday when I went to see him. But you could tell when he was starting to get tired. 
And oh, Bill, yeah. And, Bill, thanks for keeping in touch with me as well, because I also called Bill, but you also kept in touch with me by email. Thank you very much on that, too. Well, you'll, you'll, you'll get, oh, hey, did you get my email about that radio station, Jeff? Bill, I cannot find. I found one air check of it, and I'll just say that because I, I didn't want to bore the audience. He gave me an air check of a radio station in Elgin, Illinois. The problem is it's WJKL. It's an air check, but it was taken from a telephone line, and it just doesn't sound good. So, oh, goodness I, gracious. But it, it was there, but it was taken from a telephone line. Do you know what year it was? Um, I don't, I, I'm going to say in the 1970s, but I don't remember. Oh, okay, offhand. okay. It was good. It was a good station then. Yeah. I don't even know what they're doing now. I think they're Spanish. But, uh, yeah. So, well, listen, Bill, I'm glad you're, you're home and you're, you're doing well. And, uh, uh Looking forward to having many more um, coffee clubs and uh, all things radios and uh, sports lines. And, um, and listen, you know, what's this all these baseball players? It's too cold for them to play. Come on. Hey, yeah. football players, they play. Come on, a bunch of wishes here. There you go. <laughs> so we'll see what well, but you think about it, a baseball player has to spend a lot more time standing still sometimes when they're and out the there in the outfield. Too, yeah. Hey, you know what? They're going to football player. They're going to pay me millions of dollars. I'll, I'll stand still in the cold for a couple hours. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> I'll they have to pay me several billion. A, a little satire here, guys and ladies. Well, listen, I'll let you go, and uh, everyone take care, and we will catch you all down the road. All right, and I guess that's time for us to get our cue to get out of here, and Radio Tim will be up for two big hours, so be sure to check that in. You are going today i hope tim i think you are so we will talk to you guys later tomorrow night precisely we'll be back on with all things radio thank you to the crew to everyone 